Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here. And today I have the privilege of hosting Ileana Rosenberg. She is the principal product manager at NIM Health, a startup focused on automating medical coding. She has over 10 years experience in the healthcare industry with the majority of her time focused in the revenue cycle, specifically in coding, collections, and revenue cycle optimization. Prior to NIM Health, Ileana worked as a product manager at the Broad Institute, partnering with Verily Life Sciences to build Terra, a cloud-based genomic analysis platform that houses some of the largest genomic data sets in the world and aims to change the world of scientific research and discovery. Eliana also leads the GO Map at Global Oncology, a nonprofit organization founded by Dr. Ami Bhatt and Dr. Franklin Wang, with the mission of bringing the best cancer care to underserved patients around the world. Eliana grew up in Portland, Oregon, and now splits her time between the U.S. and Israel. So Eliana, excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about medical coding. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So, you know, this coding thing, it's always changing and it's such a pain for so many people. So today's going to be a good chat about how you guys are doing that differently. And before we do get into that, Eliana, I'd love to hear more about you and, and what inspires your work in, in healthcare. Absolutely. So when I think about what inspires me in healthcare, I want to share three memories. So the first one is about two years ago. I was sitting with my 91-year-old grandma in her living room looking out at Lake Michigan. She was catching up on news. I was catching up on emails. And all of a sudden, the internet stopped working. So without hesitation, she gets on her hands and knees as a stubborn 90-year-old grandma would do and restarts the internet using a flashlight looking behind the TV. She stood back up about 30 seconds later, as I was still sitting on that couch and I hadn't moved. And she said, I like to thank my personal trainer who helps me stay healthy and fit so I can easily fix the internet. <laughs> so that's one memory. I love that. The second one, also in the kind of the, related to the healthcare space, around that same time, I was working at the Broad Institute my colleague comes running into our open desk area and excitedly told us all that he had just run a complex analysis workflow against hundreds of thousands of genomic data sets. And he's done all of that within minutes. It used to take a few days, if not a few weeks, to process previously. So we are changing the speed and method of scientific research and discovery. And the third one uh, comes from the work at Global Oncology, a nonprofit organization uh, that's bringing the best in cancer care to underserved patients. So we created this online map that maps all cancer research and control projects around the world. I was at a board meeting. We were on one of the top floors of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute building in Boston. 
And one of the board members was telling us about a conversation she had with an oncologist in Malawi. Upon looking at this go math, the oncologist, and with a bit of surprise and awe, said, I'm not alone. So the map had showed him other researchers and physicians around his region and around the world that were also treating the same patients with the same cancer type. And it started a global collaboration to improve patient care. So I just kind of talked through three different memories that really impacted me, and they all representing different components of the diverse and exciting healthcare ecosystem. And really, no matter what part of the ecosystem you're working in, whether it's technology, medical care, public health, global health, science, business, every aspect is impacting someone's life. And it's this impact that inspires me every day. Love it. Love your memories. <laughs> Thank you for sharing those. <laughs> of course, those, those three struck out to me as kind of, they each represent a different component of the healthcare system. And we really, you can't live day and day without having some interaction to that whole ecosystem. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my favorite one was the one of your grandma. <laughs> and she's so still doing that today i will god tell bless you her. god bless her that's awesome <laughs> that is so great uh and, and so you know it and it, it is kind of the the connective tissue between all of us you know health and staying healthy taking care of sickness when it when it arises behind the scenes of all that is the economics and, and the coding and, and all that. So walk us through NIM Health. Uh, what exactly are you guys up to and how are you improving and adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, of course. So we're transitioning a bit away from the patient care uh, and the public health and global health that definitely inspires me and moving to the revenue cycle and the business side of healthcare um, that has its own unique impact to individuals. So I currently work at an Israeli startup company called NIM Health, and it focuses on automating medical coding. I do often get asked, what do you mean by automated coding? Is it software coding? What is medical coding? And why is it so important? Um, So I can give some brief context uh, before I dive into the detail of what NIM is doing. Sure, let's do it. Medical coding, you can think of it as really the backbone for disease reporting and classification around the world. But it's also the core for reimbursement of services in the United States. So let's say a patient comes into the emergency department, they're complaining of a headache, fever, and shortness of breath. The doctor might do a chest x-ray and, and unfortunately in today's world, probably test to see if the patient has COVID. So the doctor documents everything they do, the examination, uh, as well as the procedures that they performed, as well as the outcomes of the test that was administered. After that patient is discharged, the chart is then sent to what we call the hospital's billing office. And that's where all the work is done for the actual services and 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 the physician to get paid for what they did. So in that billing office, it's certified medical coders that review the documentation of the chart that the physician wrote down, and they assign relevant diagnosis and procedure codes to the chart. So headache could have a code, it's R51, shortness of breath has a code, R06.02, and then you have procedure codes for x-ray and COVID tests also have codes. And it's these codes that are then sent to the insurance companies to use for reimbursement and to reimburse that healthcare facility for those services performed. So you can begin to think about really the importance of this, again, not only for reporting of disease, but also to make sure that the hospital and physician 
get the most reimbursement for those services. If the documentation isn't sufficient or if the codes are incorrect, that healthcare facility would not receive any payment for those services. Was what we would call a denial. That's kind of the background on kind of medical coding. Yep. So NIM offers a product that automates this process. So we use what's called a clinical language understanding technology, what we call our CLU engine, and we capture the full clinical picture of the patient visit. So what that means is that we can actually break down the sentences of the chart, use computational linguistics to understand the meaning of each of those sentences, be able to put the meaning of those sentences together across the whole chart, figure out what happened at that visit. What does the patient say? What happened? What did the physician do? And then what was the ultimate outcome? So we use that understanding from that engine in order to automatically assign those relevant medical codes to the patient chart. And while it sounds like a complex and it is a very complex system, we do this within seconds. It's fully transparent and there's no human intervention involved. I think that's awesome. I mean, it, it sounds like too good to be true. <laughs> that's what we've definitely heard. And it's, it's very much one of those conversations we have with healthcare facilities when you know, we discuss what the technology they can do. They usually say, well, sign me up for a pilot. Let's see how it works. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of the newer technologies in the space. That's a small part of the revenue cycle, but definitely impactful. Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. And so much of, of um, you know, a physician's work in the EMR is how do I code this thing? And so what you're saying is through the process, you guys layer in uh, some sort of recognition software to the EMR that then spits out potential options on, on what the best coding could be. Yes, in, in a slight variation. Uh, so if we think about uh, the kind of way that physicians write documents today, right? They write into a patient chart. Mm -hmm. That patient chart is kind of extracted kind of like in a PDF form mm -hmm. that currently a medical coder looks at that form. And so what our technology does is we look at that form kind of automatically though with our or a kind of linguistic eye, uh, you could call it, sure. um, and we assign the codes. There is a technology that exists today called computer-assisted coding technology, and you mentioned kind of presenting coding options. That's what that technology does. It's been around for about uh, okay. 10 years. Gotcha. And so what coders have been able to do is leveraging that technology, it kind of supplies that I've looked at the chart I've kind of here are some recommended codes that I've used based on my kind of natural language processing or NLP technology. And then that coder would say, okay, these are the recommendations. Let me take a look at them. Let me take a look at the chart and I'll see which ones, if, if A, it's accurate and B, what, which ones I should actually assign to that chart. That's kind of what's called the computer assisted coding or CAC technology. The NIMS product actually results in kind of fully accurate codes, kind of that high quality that doesn't need that individual, that medical coder to do that review. So as opposed to just suggested codes, it's actually the final assigned codes that are then sent to the payers for approval of that reimbursement. Makes a lot of sense. And uh, sounds really, really convenient. So as, as folks begin to use this, what would you say makes it different or better than, than what's available today? Yeah, there's, there's a few areas where this product sort of stands out in the marketplace today and specifically in the medical coding space. Today, the primary method of coding is 
like I said, with these certified, highly specialized medical coders. But the challenge is there's a large number of codes and it's a very complex coding guidelines that exists. So we mentioned kind of headache has a code, x-rays have a code. So those are diagnosis and procedure codes. Mm -hmm. Today, there's over 70,000 diagnosis codes as options that could be assigned to a patient chart. There's also over 10,000 procedure codes. And it's not just the number that's kind of so overwhelming sometimes, but there's also a large number of guidelines uh, for when to code which code, which code should be supplied together, some separate, and these are frequently changing. So it's very challenging to keep up with the training of these medical coders with the most up-to-date guidelines. And there's just so many of them. It's hard to always get it accurate. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you had an example. Great, great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite challenging. And kind of one example actually from recently is kind of what we're all talking about today, especially in the healthcare spaces with COVID-19. So when that came in, in the spring, obviously there's updating guidelines for how do you code for patients that come in with COVID? What's the right way to code so we get reimbursed for those services? And those guidelines change daily, if not sometimes hourly for the first kind of few weeks of when COVID was really present and kind of beginning to think, you know, how do we, how do we deal with this? So for that, you have, if those guidelines change so frequently, it's hard to always update uh, your hundreds of medical coders, which guidelines are the most up-to-date today or this hour that they should use on those charts. Because our technology is automatic, we updated the engine within hours and we were all set. Uh, so we didn't need all that training that was required. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's awesome. And so it's simplifying it. And while it's always changing, you know, there's a there's a great opportunity to to not have to do a bunch of training. And really, it's it's automation here, right? We're we're talking about automation. Exactly, because the the other challenge that exists today, and kind of the way that you know, kind of medical coders code is, first of all, there's there's a shortage of coders, and that has happened for in the last few years. It's not just with coders. COVID that's causing that shortage. And typically, if you think about the way that medical coders kind of code a chart, it takes them about 12 minutes to review that record. With the automation, we can actually code a chart in seconds. And so that really enables healthcare facilities to cut down on kind of operational costs and efficient, improve in efficiency to really able to kind of support that that challenge of that shortage of coders that exists. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity. And so how would you say the platform is is making business better? In a, in a few different areas. One is definitely on the co operational efficiency. So as I mentioned, it takes about 12 minutes to code a chart uh, from like a manual coder today. And these are, again, highly specialized, highly trained individuals. And also we take seconds. Uh, so it's very easy of going to say, for example, if we get back to that COVID uh, a lot of hospitals and even especially in the emergency department space, they offshore their coding services. So when those offshore companies or countries went into lockdown for a few weeks, not a month or two at the beginning uh, of COVID, none of those companies could actually work. They weren't able to go into the office to access those charts from that hospital in the U.S. in order to code those visits. So you're starting in this backlog of charts that require coding. If you do the automation way or need to catch up, some of our clients have been able to use us to catch up on that backlog 
that they've experienced. So definitely improves that operational efficiency side. Another yeah. area of kind of the, the business or kind of improving it uh, relates to from a compliance perspective. What doesn't exist today is transparency of coding, right? You have these medical coders, they code the chart, but if I want to know why chart was coded a certain way, I have to go back to the, from that medical coder's desk or via Zoom uh, and ask them kind of why, what was your rationale for it? Because of the way that we can understand each sentence and kind of building blocks in that patient visit and capture that clinical picture, we actually immediately upon coding can provide a multi-page PDF is kind of what it looks like today explanation of how we actually got to that code. Um, so it enables from the business side to really always be kind of compliant ready and enable to improve denial management if anyone does get denials uh, on those charts from payers. Yeah, some, some great applications there, Ileana, and uh, very useful. What would you say has been one of the key setbacks in kicking things off and what you guys have learned thus far? Um, so, so one of the biggest setbacks was probably kind of at the beginning we were looking at well how do we how do we automate how do we capture a clinical picture. Luckily, we actually were able to get that pretty quickly of figuring out uh, working with physicians that we have on staff who are actual software engineers as well. So you have kind of a coupled skill set expertise definitely beneficial as well as the kind of linguistic component we're able to actually pretty quickly get past that challenge and we can capture that full clinical picture and have that accurate coding so once we did that we realized it was really a further setback that that we would have to encounter which was on the integration there is such a diversity in emergency or electronic medical records and practice management systems and really every system that physicians use to document the visit as well as the billing office uses to document what's the follow-up on that chart. And because of that diversity, it was challenging to figure out, oh, how do we integrate into all these different formats and all these different systems? So that we've kind of continued conversations and it's, it's a large problem that actually exists with many vendors in the healthcare space today. And we work closely with our clients in order to have that seamless integration into each one of these systems. We are able to accommodate all formats today, which is something that we worked on to ensure we could be flexible in the formats that we receive, the formats that we kind of send back the information to that client so that that integration flow can be customized and flexible to the client depending on the system that they're on. Very cool. Very cool. And, and so uh, you guys are making some really exciting steps here and, and want to ask, what would you feel and believe is the most exciting thing that's going on with NIM today? It's with NIM and, and honestly, it's with a lot of other startups and even non-startups today. So healthcare in that large ecosystem of healthcare continues to evolve every day. And within the last few months, we've, COVID has really challenged that I've seen every aspect of that system. So we kind of as a startup, as well as even larger, more established companies are pivoting and looking for opportunities to either have vaccines, develop devices, medical, medical treatment, or other areas like we're doing at NIM to optimize the healthcare system so that the resources can then be diverted to focus instead on patient care. 
So that's kind of how I'm seeing that healthcare system evolve today. And I'm really excited to see how that system continues to adapt and really uh, all the innovation that arises from it. Yeah, it definitely is exciting times. COVID's done that and um, couldn't agree with you more, Eliana. Certainly appreciate all the uh, the insights that you guys are have shared and, and that you're up to at NIM for coding. And so I want to give you an opportunity to give us a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could reach out to you and find out more, you or, or anybody on your team, to find out more about uh, how they could do a demo or, or explore what NIM has to offer. Absolutely. So today we, we focused on medical coding and NIM is working to optimize the revenue cycle of healthcare, but there really are so many other areas of healthcare. I want to pose a few questioners to the listeners to think about, especially as I can mention the, the innovation and the opportunities that are rising today. What areas of the healthcare ecosystem can I do you as the listener interact with? And what are the problem areas that you see that exist? I just want to get all these listeners just Listen to individuals who work in that space to understand the need. And then think outside the box for possible solutions. NIM started from kind of just an idea between two individuals and kind of a few hours in a coffee shop. So the healthcare system is complex and your solution may seem small at first, but you never really know the larger impact you may have. So you can reach me on LinkedIn if you want to know more about kind of the work NIM is doing to automate medical coding, discuss anything healthcare or product related, or even if you want to know what it's like to work between two countries, they do work between the US and Israel. I'm always happy to connect with new individuals. If you do want a demo or a little more about the NIM product, in addition to reaching out to me directly, you can also go to our website at nim.health and there's more detail there on webinars that we've done, as well as white papers and opportunities for a demo. Love it. Eliana, thank you so much. Uh, certainly exciting stuff that you guys are up to. And and I appreciate it. And I know the guests and the listeners appreciate having you on to, to share what you've shared today. So big thanks to you. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, And thank you as well. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the key to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage. Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.